<laughs> wow, praise the Lord. That was incredible. Can we just thank the Lord again? My goodness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hey, my name is Matthew, and I want to welcome you to our, uh, to our big living room right here. Uh, I, uh, Krista and I, we, we, can't, uh, we can't have this many folks in our, in our space, and uh, so here we are sitting in a living room, as it were, uh, in God's house, right? And uh, this is God's family, and I'm so thankful for all you boys and girls, little ones that are here. Man, I'm so glad you're here, and for all you real big boys and girls, uh, it's great. It's so great to be with you on this Christmas day. What a joy to come together and worship on a Christmas Day Sunday. I think that is just fabulous. So, uh, yeah, it's just so fun. So much fun. And, uh, you know, um, if you are a guest, I, there are a number of you that may be in town uh, or across town, however it works for you and your family and friends, and you're here today, and uh, we are, we're all privileged that you're here with us. And uh, so thank you for coming uh, to our gathering here uh, this morning. So, uh, you know, I'm going to do something that uh, I'm a little nervous about. And the nerves are not because you know, I'm, I'm sharing from the platform. I'm kind of used to that. The nerves are because I'm sharing something so intensely personal. And I want to invite you to lean in and hear the story and let the Lord Jesus show himself to you, even in this very personal, uh, true story that uh, is from uh, my own life, uh, Krista and me. Uh, it's a Christmas story, and uh, it is a story of healing in Jesus. And I, wanna, I just want to share it with you. Um, and I trust uh, that, that uh, when all is said and done, you'll have a, a strong sense of Jesus' love and power and, 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 and the reason that he was born was so as to die so you and I could live and so we could we could have life with him forevermore now and always and I trust you'll get a sense of that so I'm just going to I'm just going to read it it's, it's something that uh, is from the heart it's something written down it's, here it is it's called the Christmas nail the Christmas nail by well by me by Matthew St. John so uh, here we go. Uh, I invite you just to listen as I read. While many Christmas stories include tales of trains to the North Pole, plump gift givers sliding down soot-filled chimneys, and ghosts of various Christmas moments grabbing the consciences of Christmas curmudgeons, this one is, well, different. It hits closer to home. Indeed, it's my story, and it's not a tale, for right or wrong, it is true. My story takes place in a cow town situated on the vast prairie of west central Oklahoma when I was the pastor of a little church in the middle of a wheat field. Some of the world's finest cattle ranches spread across the landscape. A quiet evening on the steps of the church found me witnessing countless steers and countless stars with the soundtrack of coyotes 
baying in the shadows. My beautiful Krista and I were early in our marriage, about five years. Truth be told, we were not in a good place. Today we say we both were responsible for this, but in the end, she's being generous. The reality is the responsibility was all mine and mine alone. You see, I was behaving like an overindulged child and not a man. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a child, mind you, unless you're a man behaving like a child. Men are to be men. Kids need to be kids. But there I was, like a spoiled kid might sometimes do, making the world all about me. It's hard to love the people around you when your life is one giant temper tantrum. Now from the outside, no one knew this. To those watching, I was Mr. Superhero Pastor to a community of people that was very special, many of whom we are close to still today, decades later. I was giving them everything. I was giving Krista Nothing. And that really hurt her. She was struggling. We both were. It was a very raw time. Ironically enough, it was during Christmas time that things came to a head. I say ironically because such a time should be marked by peace and goodwill toward neighbors and days that are merry and bright. But at our home on Federson Drive, there was none of that. No peace, no goodwill, nothing merry, nothing bright. Well, except for the Christmas tree by the seafoam-colored couch. One snowy night, Krista was going to a Christmas party for the women at our church. I knew she was glad to get out of the house, and I was, I'm ashamed to say, glad to see her go. Not long before she headed out, the phone rang. It was Linda, a friend who took care of her elderly aunt whose mind was marked by Alzheimer's, calling for Krista. She said, I'd really like to go to the party with you. Is there anybody you would recommend who could watch Aunt Irene? Of course, me being Mr. Superhero Pastor, determined to preserve my well-crafted image, said, well, we can take care of her. But as soon as the words came out of, the, out of my mouth, it hit me, we really meant me, because Krista was going to the party. What have I just done? I don't have space for this, I thought. Truth be told, I wanted a quiet evening of me time. Suddenly, I had committed myself to an elderly woman lost in her own world. Well, 
We will just watch TV and Aunt Irene will sit quietly, I decreed. How hard could this be? Famous last words. Minutes later, Linda arrived. And she and Krista left for the party as Aunt Irene was standing with me waving an anxious goodbye. Closing the door, I moved her to the seafoam couch situated between our television and our Christmas tree. Sitting in my recliner on the other side of the tree next to the roaring fire, I desperately tried to disappear into the chair's forest green fabric. The TV was on, Aunt Irene wasn't saying a word, and I sat there watching Dan Rather thinking this might not be so bad. Suddenly, Aunt Irene pointed a bony finger toward the Christmas tree and interrupting a nearly silent night said, pretty. Yes, Irene, I said back. The tree's pretty, it sure is. Of course, I was hoping we could move on, but that was not to be. Pretty. Yes, Irene. A few seconds went by, and she looked up at me and then gazed at the tree and again said, pretty. Really? Can we just not be quiet, I thought to myself, my demeanor becoming as frosty as a snowman. It turned out I really wanted the accolades of being a hero to my family, to our church, to our community. But here's the thing. I sure didn't want the responsibility of having to engage her. I truly wanted her to hush. Such had been my posture with Krista. Now it was my posture with a friend's elderly aunt named Irene. So I just ignored her. After all, that's what men who behave like spoiled children might do. Yet, a moment later, she said it again. So in frustration, I reached over and grabbed a stack of Southern Living magazines and thrust them into her lap. And with some unveiled irritation, I opened one up and said sharply, read this. Then I sat back in my chair and continued with Mr. Rather. Aunt Irene looked embarrassed. For a few moments we sat in silence with her snowy face moving back and forth from the magazine to the television. I was lost in thought trying to ignore her absorbing the turmoil in some faraway land, when suddenly she interrupted the moment with the word, that. I looked over at her, and she had her bony finger again pointing to the tree. That. Yes, Irene, that's the Christmas tree. She nodded, but then again said, that and before I could say another word she stood up southern livings cascading to the floor unsteadily she shuffled to the Christmas tree got close and fixated on something within the boughs pointed and said that 
twisting in my recliner, I looked up and saw that she was pointing to a certain ornament, a nail, about 10 inches in length, with a bright red ribbon holding it to a skinny branch illuminated by golden light. I said, yes, Irene, that's a nail. And wouldn't you know, she reached into the tree and pulled the nail from the twig. Putting a firm grip around it, she held it close to her chest, looked at me, and with a wide smile said, pretty. Yes, Irene, it's pretty. It's a nail. It's a pretty nail. And with that, she collapsed onto the couch, holding tightly the nail. I thought for sure we were done. She could hold the nail in her hand like some toy played with by a little girl on Christmas morning. But then she looked at me and said, see this. Okay, Irene, I I see it. I was trying hard to be patient, but it was sure wearing thin. See this, she said. And the next thing I know, she laid her head back and tears began streaming down her face as she repeated, see this, see this, see this. It was then it hit me. Aunt Irene wasn't saying, see this. She was saying, Jesus. Jesus. I just stared at her. And as calmly as I could muster, I said, Irene, Are you saying Jesus? She looked up and her face became a collage of bright teeth and sparkling uh, sparkling eyes. Holding the nail in front of her, she declared, Jesus! And I must tell you, at that moment, I was overcome with the most intense sensation. I was overcome with shame. Oh, my sin. Oh, my grief. Oh, the hardness of my heart. This woman, who I thought was detached from the world around her, was connected to the most important thing of all. I, on the other hand, was so self-absorbed and so self-righteous, a tyrant toward my wife, thinking I am Mr. It before the community. Yet the one thing that mattered most I had taken for granted and utterly dismissed. Jesus. You know, the one born in a borrowed room to a virgin girl from a country town. The one of whom it was said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who lived a sinless life only to be betrayed by a friend, tried by religious scoundrels, crucified on a Roman cross, nails pounded into his 
hands. Jesus, about whom it was said, God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Triumphantly, three days later, he rose from the dead. Thus it was written, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, about whom we have been told, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Leaning over in what had become a truly tender moment, I said, Irene, may I have that? Carefully, she placed the nail in my outstretched hand. As it was placed in my own sinful hand, I, I saw how pompous and self-centered I was, particularly toward Miss Krista. Jesus gave himself so fully, so selflessly, Yet as that nail rested in my own hand, I realized I had become the most selfish person I knew. But beautifully, I also saw that nail pointing like a radiant beam towards something beyond my sin and shame. It was pointing to love's pure light, driving the darkness away. It was pointing to the redeeming grace of a resurrected, merciful Savior. Good news of great joy for all the people. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus. As I sat there, nestled between the fireplace and our Christmas tree, with Aunt Irene watching me with her beautiful smile and pretty eyes and Dan Rather whispering in the background, the hardness of my heart melted like snow on an early spring day. As simple as it might seem, it was one of the most important moments in my life. Everything changed. And I have an elderly woman, once consumed with Alzheimer's, now in heaven and free, named Aunt Irene to thank. The end. Friends, thank you. That's my story. That is the story about Krista and me. 
And let me tell you, if there is hope for us, there is hope for you. I promise you, in Jesus, there is hope that knows no bounds. Is there anything that would keep you from calling on this Jesus today, this Christmas morning? Some of you are here and you're in the throes of some kind of brokenness and shame and fear and sin. Just like I have just described in this story. And you may have known this Christ Jesus. You may have, like me, called on him at an early age, but come to a place of taking him for granted. Others of you may be here, either in this room or listening online, and you have never taken the time, ever, to cry out to this Jesus. On this Christmas day, I tell you, now's the time to call out to Jesus. Now is the time. Now is the time to tell him, Lord, I'm broken, I'm tired, I'm sinful, I'm weary, but I understand that in you is salvation and hope. The darkness is driven away by your light and by your life I can live. And so I want to say to you this Christmas weekend, give yourself the best Christmas gift ever and call on and forevermore in faith walk with this Jesus. I'm going to pray right now and invite you to do that very thing. Let's pray together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus, who you have sent to be the Savior of sinners just like me. Thank you, O oh God, that you see us in our desperation. You see us in our weariness. You see us in our woundedness. You see us in our brokenness. You see us in our sin and shame and fear and filth and condemnation. And in seeing us, you sent Jesus. This whole Christmas story is to celebrate. He was born because you loved us so much you sent him to become among us, oh God, that he could live a sinless life and then die on a cross, nails pounded into his hands. And on that wooden cross, he would give up his life so as to pay the penalty of all of our sin so we could be free and full. Oh, God of heaven, and he rose again so we could have life forevermore. And we know that listening to my voice right now might be one or some who understand that now is the time, now is the time that they call on this Jesus in faith. Now is the time that they admit, oh God, I am that sinner. I am broken and weary and needing your love and grace and mercy. Now is the time for them to believe that Jesus is your provision for their salvation. Oh, if this is you, admit it and believe on him and then confess him as Savior and Lord of your life and in faith follow him. Right now, right now, just tell him these things. 
I admit it, Lord. I need you. I need this, Jesus. I believe in you, and I call on you right now to take my life and let it be consecrated unto thee. Thank you, O God, that this Jesus is the light of life, born away in a manger, lived a life of fullness, and died so we could be forgiven and free. Oh, thank you that when we cry out silent night, we know it is because such a gift has come to us. We love you, we praise you, we bless you, and all God's people said, amen.